Coming up on Podcast 1681, we'll talk about Honda's big move into EV batteries. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, what's going on at Sono Motors? That's the little solar-powered EV. Also, improvements to Hyundai and Kia's next-generation electric vehicles. And why Ford want to sell Europeans EVs just like they sell it to Americans. With those stories and a lot more coming up on the podcast today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily for Sunday 11th of December. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Multiple reports over the last few days have led me to report on this story. Now... Tesla's China boss looks like he could be taking on a new role, which many people earlier in the week said he's the new CEO, he's the new Elon Musk. It's it's not that, but there's been enough this week that I feel comfortable reporting on Tom Zhu, who is Tesla China's president and was the guy who oversaw Giga Shanghai's transformation into the world's largest EV plant, has been appointed to run global operations, things like Gigafactory Austin and Berlin as well. Now, he joined Tesla in April 2014, and it now makes him one of the top executives at Tesla. The decision didn't come as a surprise to many in the industry, uh, given how quickly Shanghai went up a year to the day, actually a year to the day from groundbreaking to at the opening of that factory. According to Autoblog.com, uh, Giga Shanghai made its one millionth car, accounting for a third of the total Tesla vehicles produced in August earlier this year. And in November, it was a record month for Shanghai with 100,000 vehicles delivered. Now, while the new CEO, sorry, global CEO or global uh, chief operations officer, I'm not exactly sure what his job title is. Uh, he had a super secret recipe for building so well in China. Of course, the rest of the world is not China. And so clearly a very talented person. We'll see how he gets on uh, running the rest of the world. But no, very much reported earlier this week as, you know, there's a new Elon Musk and it's the guy he was running China. And it's like, well, it's it's not that, uh, but it's an interesting promotion. And it's something that I've been saying on the podcast for a very long time, that Tesla needs more people like the kind of in the Tim Cook role at Apple, people who are excellent at uh, delivering on products, because I think Tesla's products are exceptional. They just need to you know, maybe work a little bit on delivery of those and things like quality and, and after service, after sale service as well in terms of uh, how big. Uh, that support network is, but look, that that can all be that can all be fixed uh, as as all the other car makers are struggling to move to EV. Tesla has their own problems, but I do think that you know the heart of of their product, it's all very good. So that's good news. Tesla's Model S and X Plaid arriving in Germany for the first deliveries. Finally, holy bazookas! We had to wait for a long time. Now, car uh, cars have been turning up in Zeebrugge in Belgium, and car carriers seen in Antwerp in Belgium full of the plaid versions of the S and the X. Several cargo ships leaving Baltimore in Maryland in the coming days with more of those units on board as well. So over here in Europe, we really have waited, particularly in the UK, obviously in Aussie or the right-hand drive markets, but in Europe generally, we've waited for the plaid versions a really long time. I'm looking forward to seeing a whole new set of YouTube channels and the kind of people that I enjoy watching online uh, just give their thoughts on the insane, insane performance levels. Oh, and and the yoke as well, I suppose. That'll be, you know, it's a perennial favourite to comment on that. I've only ever driven a a yoke Tesla once, and honestly, it was just okay. I know people get really kind of worked up or, you know, both ways, but it was 
it was all right. I think you'd, you'd retrain your muscle memory pretty quickly. Didn't particularly not like it. I, I kind of like the circular wheel in normal cars, but there you go. And now let's talk a little bit about a US all-electric car registrations during the first 10 months of the year. So we're going to the end of October here. 604,000 EVs, BEVs, pure EVs registered in the US. That is 60% more than a year ago. So if anyone was thinking that perhaps the EV revolution was slowing down or whatever, not at all. It's over 50% year-on-year growth. That's amazing. 600,000 registered in the US. And that's not even for the full year, remember. Registration data lags behind sales and delivery, so it's going to be even higher than that. Uh, Battery electric vehicles in the US, 5.3% of total registrations. 5.3%. It's been hovering in the the sort of the the, the twos for a long time now. This time last year, it was 2.9%, and so that's great. Now, clearly, the US is lagging other territories, but... As more models become available, that's great news. Now, the world's biggest supplier of electric car batteries are going to be supplying Honda. Honda's a company that has loads of engineering talent and plenty of heritage as well if they want to throw themselves at making EVs. But at the minute, they haven't. They've made the Honda E, and, well, that's obviously very, very good as a one-off. But now, Honda and CATL announcing a deal that Honda would uh, purchase 123 gigawatt hours of batteries. So how many EVs will that power? Well, let's find out. Honda's first mass-market electric vehicle, the uh, EV, the Prologue in North America, is going to be based on General Motors' platform. It's called the Ultium platform and introduced it in uh, their first Honda EV model in China uh, last April. It's called the ENS1. There's another one as well called the ENP1. They're going to have 10 EVs in China by 2027. So this is very much a China deal by the look of it. From 2024 to the end of the decade, CATL providing 123 gigawatt hours of EV batteries, enough to power over 1 million electric vehicles, says Electrek. Well... Yeah, I mean, it would be more than 1 million, because if you, you know, 1 million is an easy number to do that with. So 123 gigawatt hours, an electric saying over a million. Well, a million EVs, well, that would be an average pack size of 123 kilowatt hours per car. There is no way in in the world that Honda's, the kind of cars they make for China, are going to have a pack size that big. In fact, I would say that is... that is twice as big as it needs to be. So Electric's headline could actually have been... 2 million EVs, because that's more like it, right? And in fact, that's the headline that uh, CNEV Post went with, because Honda saying in their statement uh, that this is part of the first part of a stable battery supply chain as they expand their move into pure BEVs in China. If it had a 60 kilowatt hour pack size, that is over 2 million pure electric vehicles uh, uh, for the deal. And that would probably be towards the end of the decade about uh, 250,000, 280,000 vehicles every single year. So Honda clearly have really big plans, but we're talking China. So we'll wait and see how it affects the rest of the world. Ford are next in the news, and they want to market their EVs in Europe with a little bit of Americana. Nine months after outlining extensive plans to bring more EVs to Europe, Ford's shared its intentions now to use the transition to rebrand itself under a new slogan of adventurous spirits. Okay, Uh, that they say represents uh, American values. By using the tagline adventurous spirit, it'll hook into things like freedom and the outdoors. And of course, you would think big vehicles. Now, we've got the Mustang Mach-E here, and that's not a particularly large vehicle. It's pretty sizable for UK roads. 
Ford F-150, though? Mm, yeah, I can't see them selling a ton of those over here. I can see them selling a lot of whatever they make with Volkswagen. Of course, they're going to do a partnership with VW to use their MEB platform. That's what the ID3, ID4, etc. cars are built on. And so there's going to be a second Ford as well coming from the VW platform. That makes sense. They can, you know, VW make a bit of money from Ford on licensing. Ford get a quick route to market by having you know, the basics of the car done, uh, in Europe at least. But they also, they said that their marketing messaging is going to be more American, they say, uh, to sell to Europeans using the adventurous spirit line. Okay, well, we'll wait and see how that gets implemented. You know, you know it's all in the execution. Now, there's a blog post on Sono Motors' website that is literally titled, What's Going On at Sono Motors? Remember, Sono Motors, they make the Scion. That is the small, solar-covered car that's got the sort of the greenery and the dashboard. And uh, My friend from the Inside EVs podcast and Out of Spec, more importantly, uh, channels on YouTube, Kyle, saw this up close maybe last year and then said to me, it's a real dog. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's a little unfair. But he said, no, no, like the, in theory, the car is great. But the, the, the version that he saw was so rough around the edges. He said, look, something's not right there because that was so far away from even being a half-finished vehicle. And now we find a blog post on the Sono Motors website, uh, which says, they need to raise more money, and they can't. Uh, they have failed to get investors' money in, so now they're going to their customers. They are saying that they're going to restructure the company. They're asking the community to put their hands in their pockets and to uh, commit to hashtag Save Scion. They say that if we can reach this campaign goal and raise enough money, we will trigger a positive domino effect. Your down payment, which represents your money and your trust, uh, will enable us to continue to find new investors and pay for the remaining machinery, tooling, and production. So we wish them all the best. Uh, but that doesn't sound like it's going particularly well there. But hopefully, you know, hopefully they can find some money and bring that vehicle to market. But my goodness me, it does look continue to look very, very difficult to bring a new electric vehicle to market. Coming up very soon, we'll talk about GM and their problems with getting batteries for EVs and a new VW ID3. Teased once again with some pictures. I'll talk about those next. Stick around. Now let's talk about Hyundai and their sister companies, Kia and Genesis as well. Their new vehicles, like the Ionic 5 and the Kia EV6, that's on a, a new platform. They're called EGMP. And it is a ground-up rethinking of how they make their electric vehicles. I think, you know, hopefully you'd agree that the cars are actually really, really good. Nothing wrong with the existing ones, like the Kona and the Nero, but their new ones, very, very good. Now they say that not only are those cars doing well sales-wise, but they have already got plans to upgrade that hardware, more range, more performance, and faster charging speeds. There's the Ionic 5, Ionic 6, EV6, and Genesis GV60 as well. Hyundai are, reply, are replacing, to be specific about this, um, the power module, and they are using silicon carbide units and replacing what is currently in it. And they say that ensures the greatest power density and energy efficiency for range and charging time. What does it mean? Well, again, I think I probably need to sit and study this for a couple of hours to fully understand. Um, they're saying that it could increase the range by 5% and decrease the charging times as well, which is already 18 minutes to get to eight, 10 to 80% in optimal conditions. But these are 800 volt power units they have for the, the rear motor 
inverter, but they've been using 400-volt systems at the front axle, and this seems like they're going for an 800-volt system all around, more energy efficiency. Now, there are plenty of 400-volt cars out there that do absolutely fine, but by the look of it, they're just making these small improvements, these small gains that all add up, and that's fantastic news. But like I said, I don't fully understand the role of a silicon carbide power unit, but I, I do want to understand, not obviously to engineering levels, but I just think, think it needs a little bit of a investigation. Maybe I'll do that this evening over a, a cup of tea when the, the kid's in bed. Now let's talk about GM striving for a resilient EV battery supply chain, they say. General Motors is working to build that supply chain as they move into the next phase of EV development, says the CEO, Mary Barra. They want battery suppliers, many of which are new to working with GM, to source from various locations around the world so that they can avoid what happened over the last couple of years with semiconductors. GM says it signed agreements with suppliers to secure all the batteries they need for a million EVs by 2025. That's a million EVs a year in North America. So that's not globally, uh, but that is in North America by the middle of the decade. Uh, Mary Barra said that GM continues to wait for the Treasury Department to actually finalise the rules governing the federal EV tax credit. The $7,500 of credits which are reliant on battery components being sourced in the right places uh, or countries that the US has free trade agreements with. I'm amazed that she said that they're waiting for the Treasury Department to finalise the rules. I had no idea that it was, you know, we're in December. We've got a couple of weeks until the end of the year. And the car makers themselves still don't know the rules of whether their batteries are compliant to get the federal tax money for their customers or or not. Wow. It, it was always, uh, the new Inflation Reduction Act was always fabulously complicated but wow, that's still not sorted? The car makers themselves don't know? Wow, okay, no wonder that I'm still a little bit head-scratchy about the whole thing. Now, let's talk about the Corvette E-Ray. This was a configurator leak, and it revealed a new hybrid Corvette C8 on Thursday night. It was very quickly taken down, but yes, screenshots were taken, and it looks like leaked images give us an early glimpse of what we can expect the new Corvette C8 to look like at the E-Ray. It's just a spectacularly looking sports car, supercar, hypercar, really. There's a button uh, that can be seen inside called Regen On Demand. I wonder what that does. Regen On Demand. What do you think? Any ideas? Any clues? Let me know. You can always email me, hello at evnewsdaily.com. That would probably suggest adjustable levels of regen or perhaps like a, a hard regen. Or maybe it toggles on and off for track mode so that you just, you know, the, there's no regen. I don't know. I'd like to find out. Uh, the rumours are of the new Corvette E-Ray, the all-wheel drive. So uh, petrol-powered up front and then, uh, or rather petrol-powered at the back as it's a rear-wheel drive vehicle, and then an electric motor on the front axle to make it a four-wheel drive car. Wow. Now, last story. And Volkswagen have been teasing the new ID3 uh, with interior space improvements and a bigger display inside they're going to unveil a revamped id3 in the new year but now we've seen a few more teaser shots of what the inside will look like uh, they say more standard equipment with a big tesla style center display it's about 12 inch 30.5 centimeter display in the middle that's much bigger than the screens they have at the moment in the id3 and uh, there's going to be the center screen behind the steering wheel there's going to be hopefully we think as well they're putting buttons back on the steering wheel because frankly those high gloss uh, capacitive 
buttons are just a disaster. Uh, you, you slide your finger across to raise the volume. All those kind of things. It's just it, horrible. Um, worst thing about those vehicles. Uh, actually, it, unless you really love the vehicle, it's worth test driving any of those VWs because it could be a deal breaker for you. Anyway, the new ones, we think... Uh, they're putting buttons back on the steering wheel. Good. Because you can feel your way around rather than having to take your eyes off the road at 70 miles an hour and look because you can't feel it. Um, the new ID3 also has plug-in charge, which is great. But the current ID3 should have plug-in charge. It's <laughs> kind of criminal that it doesn't, actually. Anyway, the new one will have. And, and a new EV route planner as well. They say that the charging experience is going to be better, but yeah, it's all good. Get these things on the road right now because all of this is doable now, particularly plug-and-charge. You know, any new EV right now, if a manufacturer wants to get behind plug-and-charge, VW, so they are, like, there's, like, that's not wildly difficult to put into a vehicle. It's, yeah, there is work to do, but come on. The new ID3 also has swarm data, they say. Uh, swarm data, I think, pulls together all those data points from uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of vehicles uh, to improve the uh, the, the driving functions and that's your podcast for today a question of the week taking a break but it will return uh, thanks to our premium partners phil roberts of electric future uh, brad crosby porsche of the village of cincinnati audi of cincinnati east volvo cars of cincinnati east national car charging on the u.s mainland and aloha charge in hawaii Derek riley and his great ev review island youtube channel richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling evs in the uk octopus electric universe global public charging made simple with one map and one app milbrook cottages.co.uk five-star luxury cottages in devon and Loose Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners, David and Lisa Allen. Also, Yuka Kukunen from shift2electric.com. Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, Battery Reports at recurrentauto.com. And Darren McCleskey from DeNovo Real Estate. And thanks to all of our executive producers, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Alexander Frank, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjorn Fuchstack, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy and Cam ZV, uh, Greg Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, DCEV, Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Kuni Nyombri. Um... Uh, Frederick Rovick, Gene Rubin, George Totorolo, Henrik Leisner, and Helmut Selka. Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Storr, Jan from eMobilityNoy.com, and Jim Morris. John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TV's, John Manchek, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Merson, Lawrence the Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Carly, Marcel Ward, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts. Peter Reiner, Phil Michet, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, Raymond Rowledge, Realtor's Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Things EV channel on YouTube, uh, Robert Grace, Saki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, the Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tears, uh, Timothy Phillips, and Tyler Voss. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.